for some reason, I stopped in this dark gym and looked up at the scoreboard. And I heard the Lord say to me in my spirit, you've been so worried about who's winning on the scoreboard. Where has your eternal focus gone? And I was just like, whoa. Welcome to the Search in Your City podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and today I have got the privilege of introducing to, uh, to you one of our brand new staff members with Search, Scott Davis. Scott is starting Search up in Denton County, Texas, just north of where we are right now. And Scott, I want to welcome you not only to the podcast, but to our staff. Thank you. Honored to be here and honored to be a part of Search. Well, we're, we're so excited to have you, and so the point of this podcast is getting to introduce you to everybody that listens, all of our, our audience, our staff around the country, our, our friends, supporters, people involved with Search. Uh, we're growing as a ministry, and you're a big part of it, and so we get to just share a little bit of your story and what brought you to Search, what your background is, who you are, and I can't wait for everyone to get to know you a little bit, and so we're going to start here in uh, with a little little factoid that you told me right before we we started recording this which is this is your wife Renee's I won't say the number That's birthday smart smart yes today today correct today. yes so uh and you've got big plans I hear for the week so a smart man smart man and it's 30 years married here in uh in pretty March. pretty soon in March mm-hmm. which is so you got you got I mean, that's like a really big one you've got to figure out here you got some time though you got a few months uh, thank god <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't we start there? Tell us a little about Renee and your family and uh, and all of those kinds of details about your life. Yes, I grew up in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and I was uh, teaching and coaching at a high school, and one of my coaching friends, uh, Clay, uh, his wife, Diana, uh, basically, when I met her, she said, I know who you're going to marry, but she happens to live in Texas. And so that was a real fun deal. And two years later, uh, we met. And six months later, we were engaged. And then I moved to the great state of Texas. I left my volunteer roots at Tennessee. And that was really uh, a crazy and wild time. I never thought I'd leave Tennessee, but it was definitely worth it. And so uh, she was a tennis coach at Basel High School in Northwest Fort Worth. And I got a job uh, at Grapevine High School. I was a math teacher and a coach. And so, uh, yeah, we've been married, uh, it'll be 30 years in, in March, and we have four kids, a 26-year-old son named Drew, a 24-year-old son named Reed, a 23-year-old daughter named Kelsey, the princess of the family, and then our 20-year-old son, T, short for Timothy, and he's at, at Texas A&M as a sophomore. So, it's a big clan, uh, excited uh just to see the Lord move in their lives, and just we've the Lord has really blessed us tremendously with four incredible kids that are just uh, that are amazing, and and Renee, obviously my best friend, just it's been a, a great ride with her, and excited about the future. Well, it sounds like you should be. So, give us this is something I always ask to people that have been married longer than I have. So, and this will not be the point of the podcast, but I gotta ask it. So, married almost thirty years. If you had to boil down one top marriage uh, tip, piece of advice, wisdom, nugget, what would you say to uh, younger married people that you've learned? I've had the honor of 
officiating several weddings uh, over the years, and, and I say this in my ceremony, and I believe it 100%, that the greatest gift that you can give your spouse is that you walk daily with Jesus. That's it, period. And you work your side of the street, not their side of the street. And another thing I would add, and, and, and uh, her grandfather, who's in his 90s, loved the Lord. Uh, he and his wife had been married, golly, I think about 60 years or so. And I asked Grandpa Rucker, hey, how, how have you done it? How have you stayed married this long? And he looked at me with his big blue eyes, and he said, Scott, there's a lot of forgiven and forgetting. And that stuck with me as a first-year married guy. And uh, I would add to that as well, a lot of forgiving and forgetting. Well, that's really good. Hey, look, if we had a whole podcast to talk about this, I'm sure we could, but that's fantastic. Thank you, Scott. And I want to go back. So we'll go back right to the beginning of your story. We've got a little connection with Tennessee. I spent the last 13 years in Tennessee, love Tennessee, and then, of course, moved to Texas. And tell us a little bit about your upbringing and especially your your spiritual story, the spiritual side of your life as a kid growing up. Um, what was that like? Yeah, I had an older brother, three years older, and uh, my mom and dad were believers but weren't plugged into a church, And but they felt knowing the Bible and knowing about Jesus was important, so they would get us dressed as elementary school kids, and they would drive us to a Baptist church Sunday school for several years, and uh, they would drop us off, go back home and cook dinner, and come back and pick us up. And I heard about Jesus at, a, at an early age from some godly men, you know, leading uh, the Sunday school and, and heard about, you know, just Jesus. And I was like, man, that sounds great to me uh, from what as an elementary school, school kid knowing that. And it really wasn't until uh, high school where uh, my parents actually started going to church and I started attending and really loved that. And I started attending a youth group there at that church and Great folks, but there was a problem. I was a public school kid, and all the church youth group were private school kids. And so they saw each other every day, and I only saw them once a week. And so I really wasn't able to, to get into that group. And great, great kids, but for whatever reason. And uh, then at school, there was a girl who I wanted to date. Uh, her name was Amy, still is, by the way. And uh, she had asked me to go to this thing called Young Life. And uh, I really didn't have a great you know, uh, thoughts of what Young Life was. I thought it was just some kind of social group. I really didn't want any part of it. But because she asked me to go, I went. And and really at that Young Life club, uh, after all the fun and singing, and this was 1980, um, uh, an old guy, he must have been 30, he got up uh, uh, in the in the in the room and talked about, uh, we're going to have a great time getting to know you, and we're going to take some amazing trips, summer trips, best week of your life, your money back. He said, but the greatest thing we're going to do it every night, every Monday night at the end, we're going to slow down and talk about this guy named Jesus, and maybe there's more to him than meets the eye. And I was just immediately hooked, and I was like, wow, this is, this is a Christian thing. I had no idea. And so that next Monday, I went back. Amy didn't go. I didn't get to take her. Uh, we never dated, by the way, but the Lord used that to get me to Young Life. And then um, one of my volunteer leaders, he was a junior in college, he started coming to my basketball games, and we started hanging out. And, and basically, he discipled me for, for two years, my junior and senior year, and really showed me what it, meant to, what, what, what it meant to follow Jesus. What was that all about? It wasn't necessarily scripture memory. It was really just this great one-on-one friendship and, and mentoring me. And he would share what was going on in his life. And I, sh- and I was the first person I'd ever been really fully honest with. 
And so that was life-changing for me. And so uh, through him and other leaders and going to summer camp at Windy Gap, and really that's where I really felt like I understood the gospel for the first time that, that Jesus died on the cross for, for me. And it was a game changer in my life. And uh, my whole trajectory of my life changed after that time at Windy Gap. And uh, I stayed home at the University of Memphis. I decided not to play college baseball and became a young life leader there in, in, in college and really started learning what it was about ministry and sharing Jesus to, to high school kids, even though I was just a few years older than them. But then teaching and coaching, when I got started doing that, I really started learning to love high school kids and, and really wanted to really uh, introduce them to Jesus. And so did that for a long time. And that, that's really my background. It's just a little bit of everything. Parents were the greatest parents ever. But just the fact they pointed me in the right direction was really huge. Sure sounds like it. And you had an amazing experience with Young Life, which we'll, we'll get to in a little bit because you've spent – really half of your career in in ministry with Young Life and the other half teaching and coaching. And so I want to talk about that first half first. We'll go kind of chronologically here. So how did you get into teaching and coaching? Uh, what did you teach and coach and where? And give us a little bit of that background. And then we'll talk a little bit about transitioning to uh, ministry as a vocation. Yes. Well, I was a math major. Math was pretty easy for me, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Most people hate people like you, <laughs> no. by the way. And I uh, was a math major, and uh, and actually uh, right near the end of my degree at the University of Memphis, then it was called Memphis State University, I made a D in a, in a class that had to have a C in to graduate, and so I was not graduating. It was a class called Advanced Calculus. Imagine what that was like. <laughs> Anyway, and, and, then, and that changed the trajectory of my life. Transferred to the University of Tennessee and realized I wanted to teach. And so I just took all those hours and, and got my teaching degree at Tennessee. And, and I was a baseball player and, and basketball player in high school. And so I've always uh, loved the thought of coaching, but had never coached before. And, and, and really, you know, learning about teenagers and, and, and young life, it really was a match, math, sports, and teenagers sharing the gospel. And so I was like, hey, I, I, I think, I've, Lord, I, f- I feel like you're leading me to go teach and had a chance to go on Young Life staff actually out of college at Tennessee and really felt like the Lord said, no, I want you to go do this first. And so I started teaching math. I taught uh, Algebra one, Algebra two, Geometry, Pre-Cal. Uh, no, it's hard to believe folks who know me well are like, really? And anyway, I don't know if that's a dig at me or whatever. but um, <laughs> It's a slight. It's and, a slight it's dig. well-received. Yeah. But uh, – but baseball is a, a baseball coach for several years in Memphis. When I when I when I moved uh, to follow Renee to, to Texas, um, I started doing more basketball, and so I was the head boys varsity basketball uh, coach at Grapevine High School. Was the youngest coach around. Was in the right time, the right place, and really, I think that's where I really started learning more about just working with adults and understanding I really got to have my stuff together and all that. But loved coaching, loved teaching. It was incredible. I bet I could, you know, did it for around 13 years and probably could count on one hand the days that I really didn't like it. So the kids really made it fun, and I just really loved that aspect of it. So, which is surprising because you you eventually leave that as a profession, and you do join Young Life's staff. And so I, I think everybody would want to know, given what you just said, why would you do that? 
great question. I, you know, in high school, my best friend was a college kid, and I was always kind of hanging around older folks, and, and I think I'm kind of an old soul. So around 36, I actually was 36, um, we, ha- we had three kids at the time, and uh, we were both, Renee and I were going to Irving Bible Church, which is a great church, and we were both growing uh, tremendously through that and through Andy McQuitty leading that, and, and just a huge, Irving Bible had a huge impact on both of us. But um, our second son, Reed, was about a year old, and uh, one day he developed um, strep pneumonia, and he stopped breathing on our couch. And Renee grabbed him off the couch, got him to our pediatrician right, on there, right around the corner, uh, and, and this was before cell phones, and I, I really didn't know if I'd see Reed alive again. And I remember just going to my knees and going, Lord, please don't take him. Please don't take him. Thank you for just what I've had with him already. But Renee called me pretty quickly afterwards and said, hey, we've got oxygen on him. He's okay. And uh, just kind of, you know, just kind of going, okay, God, what's going on with all that? And so Reed actually spent the night at Cook Children's Hospital in Fort Worth, and and uh, we had a our, our daughter was an infant, so Renee stayed home with her. So I I spent the night with Reed at Cook Children's, and getting him stabilized and everything, and and fortunately he he pulled through. Everything was great, but it was in the, it was in the middle of the basketball season. So you know, coaches out there are listening. You know, you can really get you know bogged down and just you know just totally immersed in winning, 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 and. And we had a really good football program at Grapevine, and I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to, to win, win big, win state, all those things, districts and things like that. And uh, But still trying to do the right thing and just being, you know, uh, a model to the kids to show them Jesus. But but I wanted to win, too. And um, I remember missing a couple of days of work. It was the middle of the district season, and uh, I was— uh, Coming home, I was coming to the office uh, to to do practice with the kids, and I walked through the gym. The gym was uh, dark, but there was one light above the scoreboard, a security light, safety light. And uh, for some reason, I stopped in this dark gym and looked up at the scoreboard, and I heard the Lord say to me in my spirit, "You've been so worried about who's winning on the scoreboard. Where has your eternal focus gone?" And I was just like, whoa. And I knew then, as crazy as it sounds, I knew then I was done coaching. I didn't know what that meant. Came home, told Renee what happened. And then uh, we started looking at ministries, and uh, we actually looked at Athletes in Action, was, was uh, looking at that pretty, pretty you know, deeply. And then with my young life background as a high school uh, kid, as a college volunteer leader, as a teacher who had been doing young life on the side and helping out and with small group Bible studies and taking kids to camp, uh, I came on Young Life staff at 36. And uh, that's really how the Lord used all of that. And it was a midlife crisis at 36. And get it that was, out of the way early. <laughs> get it out of the way early. But it was, it was uh, life-changing for me. And so you join Young Life, and then give us the flyby of what you've done, because you've had a number of different roles within Young Life, and and it's really prepared you, I believe, for this new position that you've stepped into with with Search. Right. So I first started on Young Life staff in St. Charles, Missouri, just outside of St. Louis. They wanted me to start that from scratch and was there for a couple years, and then we had a chance to come back to Texas 
And uh, we started, uh, I started Young Life in Carrollton, Texas, just north of Dallas. And uh, again, from scratch with no one there that knew what Young Life was. And we were there for five years. And then um, that was my second startup. And then my boss uh, asked me to go restart Denton. Denton Young Life had kind of come and gone. And he was like, hey, what would you think about going up and restarting that? And I was like, well, yeah, it sounds great. I would love to work with college kids. So went up there and restarted that. And all of a sudden, the next, you know, the total of 21 years has been, uh, my niche has been starting or restarting ministries around Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, uh, much like a church planner where I go in for a couple of years, develop adults to really support the ministry and, and do lead to direct ministry with kids, and then hire somebody to follow me and then, you know, go to the next place. And so, it's been uh, crazy. I've, I've been in a lot of great places around the Metroplex. I've met some just incredible people. That's been the gift. It's just the people I've met in all these different communities. And uh, I would really try to go and get to know them, not just show them how to do Young Life, but really just get to know them as friends. And so I've just got some great friends all around the Metroplex who were sad to see me leave like I was the Young Life. But um, this new opportunity, I mean, all of them were just like, why wouldn't you do that? I'm like, yes, I'm so excited about this new opportunity for me. Yeah. So, which, which just the natural next question is, so why would you leave Young Life? So, it's, it seems like all these these career changes, really twice for you, but you, you everything's going well. You know, you, Young Life was a great uh, fit for you. You did some amazing stuff there. So, why why leave at this point to come start something brand new with this thing called Search? Great question. So, Around two years ago, uh, I started uh, really missing doing direct ministry with kids. I'm 57 now. There's not a lot of 57-year-old guys uh, walking through the hallways of, of schools, which is probably a good thing. And uh, it was more in supervision and training and fundraising and, and, and loved that part of it. But around two years ago, I really started missing the direct ministry part. And, and then uh, when a friend of mine uh, told me about search— and what they were doing, and I realized, wow, that sounds very similar to what I've been doing my whole life, is just working, especially with men, and uh, and really introducing them to Jesus, pointing them to Jesus, and, and hopefully help them grow in their faith. And I was just like, wow, you mean I could get to do that again and get back into the, into the front lines? I've missed the front lines. And so now I'm three weeks in, back into the front lines, and I've really, really uh, loved that. And, and that was probably the biggest reason, just I wanted to get back to doing direct ministry. And so that's why I'm here. Yeah, and so as we talk about what you're doing with Search, you're, you're starting Search Denton County up north of Fort Worth here. Uh, what's the need for Search in Denton County right now? Well, one of the things that, you know, has been crazy uh, in all the areas I've been in Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, 18 of those years were really working in areas in Denton County, where it's Argyle, Carrollton, Coppell, Denton, Louisville, Flower Mound, uh, the Colony. And so I've either helped start or restart those areas uh, in the past 18 years. And so I've got some just great friends and relationships in those areas, former staff people, former uh, what they call committee, they're like the elders of the church, former committee folks, just great friends. And so um, that's prepared me to really just come and study. It's not like me just walking into Denton County going, man, who is everybody? But I've got 
the Lord has given me some great relationships. And so what I'm trying to do is uh, the biggest thing is trying to get a local leadership board started. And and those are folks who are actually uh, supporting the ministry, doing direct ministry, uh, leading men, uh, helping out any way they can. So I'm 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 looking to get that going, and and really the the really most important part of that role is also is to find a chairman uh, of the board, and so praying through that, meeting with several of my friends to talk about. But I'm really hoping that not just my contacts that I've met through Young Life, but really other contacts uh, in the Denton County where men are excited about uh, other men meeting Jesus. Those are the ones I want to meet. So I'm really looking for those kind of folks who are really love Jesus and really want to have a heart for lost men. I'd love to get a chance to talk to them about search and see where they might could get involved. And if you're listening to this and, and you're wanting to get in touch with Scott, you're around the area or maybe you're somewhere else, but if, especially if you're in Denton County, you can go to our website, searchnational.org slash Denton County, or you can just go click on the menu bar and hit locations. You'll find it and you can get in touch with Scott uh, right there very, very easily. So uh, when you think about search, we we really – there's something that I think we do that is really – uh, unique to our ministry. It's called the Open Forum. It's these discussions we put together with groups of people who do not hold our convictions about these big questions we talk about related to God, life, Jesus, the Bible, those kind of things. And we have honest, respectful dialogue in those kind of environments, and they're unbelievable. I mean, it is so fun to get to be a part of those kind of conversations. And so when you think about Denton County, you think about starting those open forums, um, what what excites you? And if somebody's listening to this, they're going, man, give me a vision for what this might look like because I might want to be involved. What would you say? You know, I, you know, working in Young Life and 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 going to camp with high school kids, usually that the second or third night, we really start asking a lot of those questions. So I've been doing some like smaller forums, as far as you know, maybe ten to fifteen guys in a cabin where every question is asked. And one of the many things I love about search is the fact that we really welcome every question, and 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 Jesus. Uh, Philip Yancey is one of my favorite authors in, in the Jesus I Never Knew, the book. Uh, he talks about how Jesus will uh, set himself up and lay himself down on the examination table like in a, you know, in, a, in, a, in a medical office. And he lays himself out on the table and says, come and see, you know, come and dissect this, come ask your questions, I got you, whatever you got. And so I'm excited about those conversations and developing Christian guys who have friends who are seeking to invite them to the forums. So as I get training on that, but just leading this discussion where I'm not the authority, I'm asking the questions, I'm facilitating and and really, you know, saying, hey, you know, you've got some great thoughts and, and ideas here. Um, hey, if you'd like to take that further, I'd love to continue that conversation with you over coffee or lunch. Or I know this is kind of scary, but maybe a small group. Maybe you got a group of your friends, you know, three to five guys or whatever. Maybe let's let's look at this together because, you know, I I think people respect that and the fact that I'm not just saying, hey, this is what you need to believe, but they're going, right, you're really walking with me in this. You're not forcing this on me. 
And because I think that as I point people to Jesus, as I start telling the story and letting the Holy Spirit move their hearts, that's what happens. That's our evangelism process. You know, it's it's uh, evangelism is a process, and, and and God's it's up to God for the results. And so I feel that as I read the scriptures, Paul was always pointing people to Jesus. He wasn't telling them why you're wrong and why, man, you missed the boat here. But hey, let's look at let's look at his claims. And there's there's a great not just believe because you need to believe, but there's historical facts and there's a lot of good reasons why Jesus really did walk on this earth. And they wouldn't we don't have to check our brain at the door. Um, Jesus welcomes those questions and. I'm excited about getting those forums going, obviously intimidating because, you know, no one wants to be asked a question they don't know. And so I'm very, I've I've learned this in ministry. You never ask a question that somebody doesn't know because now they're on the defensive. Now they're going to tune you out. But asking questions where, hey, have you considered this? What do you think about that? Now they can lean in and give their opinion. And uh, I'm not the end-all, be-all, you know, answer machine on the gospel, but let me tell you what I know and what I believe, and let's look at that together. But you do know calculus very well. <laughs> uh, I did at one point. I've tried to. Uh, I've got some PTSD from calculus, especially the advanced calculus part. But anyway, so I took. I did pretty good at math too, believe it or not. But uh, you wouldn't know it today. So total uh, public airing of embarrassing things. My uh, my middle son, nine year old, brought me some math homework to do a while ago. He's doing long division, okay, basic, long division. I looked at the problem. Uh, I'm sitting there staring at him going, buddy, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> I could not figure it out. It had been so long. But anyway, Scott, uh, all that aside, hey, so, so thankful that you're with Search. Thank you for being part of the team. We are so excited to see what's going to happen in Denton County. If you're listening to this and you're up in that neck of the woods, give Scott a call. Get involved. He needs your your help and your support, and you're going to be part of something really amazing that is taking place up there. And just appreciate everyone listening to this podcast. If you've got anything you want to send our way, maybe a question for Scott or somebody I could interview on the next one, send it on over podcast at searchnational.org. And until next time, thanks for listening.